Hello, my name is Matthew Kay, and I am here with Patrick Stocks. Patrick Stocks is a product advisor, technical SEO, and brand ambassador at Ahrefs. Uh, you may see him on the internet, hitting it on Twitter, uh, on other social media accounts on behalf of Ahrefs, uh, writing for the Ahrefs blog, talking about Ahrefs in public. Patrick has um, given over 75 plus conference talks, um, written over 50 articles, has judged 12 search awards, and was recently the lead author of the SEO section of the Web Almanac. Um, Patrick, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. I appreciate awesome. the invite, Matthew. Um, so, here. you know, I think uh, we, we basically want to dive into two uh, areas here. I, I want to learn about you professionally, personally, um, how you got to where you are. And then I also want to, I guess, get a better idea of uh, what you think uh, someone needs to be successful in SEO as a, uh, an upstart company uh, or, or someone looking to get an SEO program underway here in 2021, 2022. Uh, how does that sound? Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. I guess we'll start. So how, how did you, what, what was the meandering path that you took to get to SEO? What did you want to be when you were in high school? Uh, more developer or information technology. I probably was going to do something with networking. At one and, point. and what was like a formative, uh, you know, event that led you down a different path? I just, I didn't want to sit in front of a computer all day, <laughs> which is funny because I, I went to school, I ended up going or switched from kind of an IT path to um, like economics, business kind of stuff. But then I don't know. All that went out the window. I ended up working as a developer okay. anyway. What was that? What was that like? What was your first job like uh, as a, a person right out of college? Oh, it was it was pretty pretty great actually. Um, I did a lot of what would be considered DevOps uh, or infrastructure type work, uh, along with a lot of integration type work, databases, and built some pretty cool things actually for. Uh, what would be considered a boring business. It was a company that mainly did uh, AM radio station towers. <laughs> That's interesting. But like I, yeah, it was, it was just, you know, automate processes. You know, the website itself was actually about 15, 1600 individual HTML pages, which was crazy big, no CMS <laughs> system at the time. Headless or uh, um, a static site before the, static was cool. Yeah, pretty much. Well, <laughs> I know the static has been cool <laughs> in a long, long time. Uh, it was it was overbearing, uh, but built some cool stuff with them. There was there was one system in particular that was uh, kind of automating part of the engineer's job. Uh, it's a weird, random fact, but like every AM radio station tower in the U.S. is protected by the FCC. There's like a radius around it where uh, basically signals can bounce off power lines, metal buildings, uh, water towers, all sorts of stuff. And anyway, if that happens, it like arcs and eats through metal and it's bad. Uh, so there's a whole process for like scanning the distance and making sure you're clear and stuff. And we kind of like automated that. And if they were clear, put out a PDF. If they weren't, uh, we basically sold them a study to like make sure it everything like a good was okay. business. So you, you, it's safe to say that you come to SEO, you come to, uh, from, from a technical aspect, a technical standpoint. You're, you're like a developer first almost. Yeah, uh, well, I would say yes, but then at, actually at that same company, I ended up taking over the head ah. of marketing role. So I kind of did a lot of things there. Um, I had you know a $200,000 budget just for magazine ads back in the day uh, and you know ran trade shows, sales team, all, all that lead scoring. So, so like get, getting kind of in the thick of it pretty quickly, basically. Got it. And uh, yeah. well, client services, consulting agency side, um, how did you sort of start to intro yourself into the world of uh, SEO? Well, when I left 
that company, I, they actually gave me a good opportunity to kind of go out on my own. They became one of my clients, but I had several additional clients that I had picked up on the side for specifically SEO. And I had figured out like I wasn't the best developer in the world. I didn't really like to do it, which is kind of what I figured <laughs> to start with, but I really liked SEO and it was kind of like a game. Uh, I was pretty good at it, having a lot of success and decided to just uh, run my own business. And so I did that for about five years, four years, four So you were fully independent. You were, you were just on your own entirely. They uh they stuck with me as one of my clients um till I decided to just call it quits on my own business and uh, I ended up going in house actually at a local SEO. Agency. And what was that like, sort of transitioning from uh, working independently to, to working at like a larger agency? A little rough. That was that was uh it was different. Um, believe it or not, I worked less at the agency than I did out on my own. Uh, so that was that was good, better for work-life balance. Uh, it was surprisingly hard for me to find a job. Everyone's like, "Sure, you do SEO, blah blah blah." I it, I actually interviewed for almost a year before I ended up finding anyone that would hire me in house or you know at. And what at kind of job market was this? Uh, this uh, is like what two thousand eight, two thousand seven, or twenty fourteen, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. 24, yeah, 2014, gotcha, I would say. Gotcha. And um, I guess, you know, in your time there, what what, what sort of changed your, um, like from when you walked in the door to when you walked out, If you when you evaluated, you know, the end state of that first, uh, what were the big takeaways from that first sort of role? Well, it was, it was interesting for me in that I hadn't had to deal with a lot of people. Uh, doing SEO. So now there was there were teams, uh, you know, I had a manager for a while. And it was just a kind of a learning process in that it was weird because I think I may have been the best SEO that was there, but I was not the best at like client communication. Or, uh, you know, when, when I ended up uh, running one of the teams there, one of the things I really focused on was getting processes in place, getting processes down, bettering my processes. So that, like things could go faster and like I didn't have to do all the things necessarily myself. So I think that was good. I learned, you know, how to better communicate, how to simplify and sort of how to to make my processes a lot Yeah, I better. think, uh, you know, being in a, a client services setting like that is sort of, it's like a forcing factor for just uh, efficiency and, and everything in that realm. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get it done. Got to yeah. get it done fast. Um, so as you sort of, uh, I don't know, stepped away from that or, or transitioned out of that and into uh, an in-house role, that was uh, IBM, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep, I was there. And so, for, for someone you know listening or uh, anyone out there, how what does it look like? What does the process look like? And what did the conversations look like? Maybe in your own head, but also with uh, whoever brought you in and whoever you interviewed with on uh, what that like leap from agency to uh, someone in house. What what did that look like for you? Well, one of the things I started to do at the agency was just simply be more active. Uh, that involved like getting involved with the Raleigh SEO meetup at the time, helping organize that. I had started writing for like Search Engine Land, uh, one of the major SEO blogs, probably the biggest at the time, I would say. Um, and I got lucky, I think. <laughs> it was It was funny because the... Uh, the lady that hired me into IBM, Margaret Escobar, she read one of my blogs on Search Engine Land and then came out to the Raleigh SEO meetup to talk to me. Um, so it was pretty much like, hey, do you want to come work for me? And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't necessarily want to go in-house, especially at a big company like that with politics and so Absolutely. many people. Um, but I, it was probably a good six months later, you know, she called me at the right time. I was maybe having a bad day at the agency and I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Talk. Let's do it. But so I think the most transformative thing, I, I, well, I guess two things, um, you know, getting involved in local meetup groups and sort of giving back to, to that community of, of people that do what you do, uh, air quotes, 
Um, and then also writing or putting yourself out there uh, in that way. Is that, is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Getting involved. I think uh, one made me a better SEO, you know, uh, personally, I don't want to write anything and sound like I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was the same with speaking, which I, I started doing more of uh, when I was at okay. IBM. Cool. And so like, you know, your first speaking engagement, your first, like, is that something, uh, how, how do you dip your toe in the water? How does someone that has never spoken at a conference before, um, what, what does that even look like? Yeah, I mean, I started locally. We had um, small conferences and stuff around here, like digital marketing for business back in the day. Uh, we had like Raleigh SEO meetups. So I spoke at some of that stuff, uh, local community. Um, then it was a random uh, weird night out <laughs> at, a, at a conference, uh, Internet Summit here in Raleigh. And uh, I met a couple guys. It was... Uh, see it was bill hartzer and jim hedger and just having drinks and stuff and and talking uh they basically convinced me that i should apply and like try and speak at one of the major conferences uh so i think 3 a.m going home drunk i ended up applying and uh, got a speaking spot at smx west so all you year. need is just a night of uh maybe not debauchery but uh intellectual curiosity over drinks and then you two can go home at three in the morning submit a speaking request to go all right why not that's awesome yeah i mean i'm not i'm not the best like, public speaker or anything uh, i'm not the best with words you know i'm the tech guy the guy that hides in the back room most of the time so uh, public speaking for me is like nerve wracking, uh, even this, you know, super nervous still after all this time. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, they, the conversation with them, they had read some of the, some of the stuff I had written and they're like, dude, you're super smart. Like you should go do this, share your knowledge. And I was like, all right, I'll give That's it a awesome. shot. So it's a, a little push from, from your friends is sometimes a, a wonderful thing, right? Um, so, you know, at your time at IBM, uh, that environment, size of, I, I can think of a few other larger companies uh, in the world, quite frankly, um, you know, I, I, obviously a lot there, but maybe something that you at the time thought was negative or you had a, a sort of a down view on when you were in the thick of it that later on emerged as a, a positive or something that you really learned a lot from. Um, is there anything like that in your time there or a lot of things like that in your time there? Probably there, you know, in a big environment like that, everything is just complex. Uh, politics, I can do without politics, but you're going to run into that anywhere. Uh, I would say it was a lot of the same things, you know, simplifying, uh, getting by in messaging, you know, um, it, also, just, yeah, just smaller wins, for instance, to get by and like tests on things to show a result in a certain section before they would ever do anything um, like bigger or a bigger test. Uh, another another thing, too, that was like super helpful was just finding evangelists. And we did that through like training, touting wins through the reporting, all sorts of different strategies, I guess, to basically get more visibility within uh, the organization. And I, I think that was something that I wasn't necessarily uh, good at saying like, oh, we did this thing and like, here's this amazing result. Uh, but luckily I had a boss there, uh, Ellen, who, who really was. So she, she touted our wins from the rooftop and, and really like kind of moved us through the organization, made, made things a lot easier. Uh, we, we started to have less issues with getting buy-in or running tests and just people be like, oh yeah, they're, we've worked with them. They're, they're good. We had good success, you know, touting their, their wins too. Cause when it's not just you, like your team, when you're doing something like that, you tout the success of everyone, whether it's someone in marketing developers, like try and get them more resources, get them raises too, because everyone's winning when, when absolutely when it works yeah, well. everyone wins and you got to socialize the wins and, and all that good stuff in between. You're a, you're a technical SEO. You have a technical background. IBM is a large company with large websites. 
Uh, I feel like um, there was a large technical component maybe to a lot of the work that you were doing. Was that like a, a big part of um, your, your core focus? I would say yes and no. It depended on who I was working with and, and what was important. Uh, generally, anything that involved JavaScript frameworks that would typically come my way or, or a lot of things involving like internationalization, hreflang, because they are uh, complex topics. But a lot of the groups, the product marketing teams, I mean, a lot of the stuff might be as simple as like, let's write some decent title tags sure. and, and headings and stuff. Or uh, there, were, there was a big initiative uh, I was involved in with, with cloud that was basically how do we integrate SEO with all these other teams? Uh, and that included like paid content, product, pretty much across the board. How do we actually like fit into all this stuff? How do we expand the funnel and get some real like top and mid funnel content in there so we get more eyes on the stuff, more leads coming in? And that stuff was, you know, basically came down to, well, great video content and great uh, written content. Absolutely. Um, you know, to talk about the difference between everything you just described and that sort of environment, like how jarring was it to go from a small business with a, a 20 page WordPress site to, you know, ambiguous technology stacks, uh, large teams, international, uh, you know, internationalization, language uh, questions, issues. Um, what did that divide, that chasm uh, sort of look like in, in your shoes? Uh, I don't know that it's really that big of an adjustment. I mean, yeah, when everything's running on WordPress, it's all kind of the same. But like I dealt with a bunch of different uh, systems before, you know, even when I was a developer, it's probably dating myself a bit. But like you had uh, CMS systems uh, for e-com, like OS Commerce, Zencart, you know, uh, new systems. I, I don't know. I've worked with Drupal, Joomla, WordPress, tons and tons of different e-commerce stuff. I don't think it was that uh, that much for me to adapt to. It was just, you know, typical segmentation type thing. If I know this runs on this thing, those issues are going to be the same for that platform. This other thing runs on something else, that's going to have its own unique set of issues. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, maybe getting familiar with the unfamiliar, right? Like as a developer learning... Uh just walking into something that maybe is, is there something to that? Yeah. Cause you never know what you're going to hit. I mean, IBM had a couple uh, uh, of their own uh, CMS systems, Wickham and ECM. I think it was like web content management, enterprise content management. Those were new to me, but like, nothing i hadn't really seen before but there were there were some weird like quirks weird masking issues and stuff interesting, interesting. um so yeah I, I mean it sounds like a fun environment that's sort of my takeaway that sounds uh you know different challenging maybe there's a some uh underlying um I, i'm sure as with any role uh but what took you to hrefs what where where does that come in how did that unfold what does the story look like I think I got the job at HRS from posting on Reddit. Seriously. <laughs> um, Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my boss, the HRS CMO, Tim Sulo, uh, he posts every couple years on uh, slash R slash big SEO. Uh, just looking for feedback on the tools. Tell, tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Blah, blah, blah. What ideas do you have? So I wrote a bunch of stuff. He shared it with the team. And next thing I know, I'm working at Ahrefs, uh, which is kind of dream come true. I've, I'm a huge Ahrefs fanboy. Uh, I've used the tool probably, what, seven sure. years now or so? Um, yeah, and it was, you know, it was, it was a really cool opportunity, I felt like. Like, I wanted to uh, speak more, to write more, that was always hard at IBM. There's like legal approvals or got to denounce like I'm me, not IBM kind of thing to yeah. <laughs> kind of skip some of that. Uh, but a lot of conferences and stuff were kind of on my own, uh, writings on my own time, that kind of thing. So Ahrefs was uh, right place, right time. 
great product. I wanted to share more. Uh, I wanted to actually contribute to the product, which is cool because I was I was building some cool uh, internal tools at IBM. Too, they're just for IBM like, though. They're not for, they're not this for, world. for IBM. Yeah. yeah. I want to share some of this stuff with the world. So you you exactly. are essentially Patrick, um, if I'm not uh, mistaken or if I'm pattern matching correctly here, you're like someone who was cooking at home who then started cooking for other people who then went to go cook at a restaurant. And now you are essentially at like a kitchen education company slash cooking uh, instructional school, if you will. Um, you're, you're helping cooks everywhere. Uh, SEOs that is. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good analogy. What does, um, you know, North Star metrics, things that you're maybe being evaluated against, things that like, what, what does uh, a Patrick Stocks worry about um, in, in a role at Ahrefs, like what you, you do now? What, what is your uh, points of consideration? What, what are you writing? What are you researching? Stuff like that? Or uh, Researching whatever is interesting. They've got a lot of uh, data studies coming next year, but I just had one out that uh, was kind of the impact of links, which was a cool study. Uh, writing a lot on different technical topics, hoping to make a technical video course next year, which will be nice. great. Um, as far as what I'm evaluated on, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it's It's a very small company and we don't Everyone is kind of a high performer as it is. Um, so I don't, there's not a lot of like one-on-ones and like performance reviews and stuff. The company itself is pretty unique in that we basically only track, you know, number of customers, uh, the like value of the customers and our customers happy. That's the, the, about it. It's pretty simple when you boil it down like that, right? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, this is the part where I'm tempted to ask uh, all sorts of what, what cool things are you working on that you can't talk about? Um, but you know, maybe since you've joined, what, what are the maybe articles or initiatives or things that you're most proud of that you've uh, accomplished that maybe uh, you never thought you'd be in a position to sort of do what you're doing, quote unquote? Oh man. Uh... What am I most proud of? It's something yeah. new every day. I mean, I, I would say I'm really happy that uh, we've brought a lot of new data visualizations to the tool. So I've been pushing for that before. It was a lot of basically spreadsheet kind of views, data views that then people would like take out of uh, HREFs, run processes and do it. But now we're trying to like do more things for people in the tool, do more visualizations. You know, as you can imagine, I work on our site audit a lot. Um, which I'm going to plug real quick. If you go to hrefs.com slash AWT, we have Ahrefs Webmaster Tools, totally free, includes free site gotcha, audit. Gotcha. And uh, I mean, those sorts of like uh, product updates are, um, you know, I, I think that that one in particular, if I'm not mistaken, you are basically saying anyone with a website um, should sign up for this to make your website better, basically. So the, the entire, anyone with a website is a, a potential target for that. Right. Yeah, it's free site audit. It's, it's also all the data we have about your website for free. So it's similar to like Google Search Console. They give you the click data. We have all your, what are you ranking for? Where are you ranking? Uh, I think even there's some limited competitor data that's available gotcha. for free. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, there as far as other stuff, I don't know. I've written a lot of stuff that I think was great. Uh, stuff on PageSpeed, JavaScript SEO. I wrote a beginner's guide to technical SEO. Uh, the tool itself, I, I feel like I came in at the right time because we're kind of going into a whole new infrastructure and redoing like all these different tools. So our site explorer has version two reports and I kind of get to add my input to any of those. We need this filter. We need this feature. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different things, but kind of everyone at Ahrefs has that opportunity, which is really cool because you've got, you know, a lot of uh, top-notch SEO practitioners that also get to say, like, this is what we need. This is how we can make this better. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. What, what does the, the vision look like for Ahrefs without revealing too much? Um, I know there was very, very public mentions of an Ahrefs-powered search engine 
uh, in the last few years. Um, where does that stand? Anything else? That is sort of live, actually. Um, we haven't officially announced it yet, but it is it is a real thing. It is working. Uh, you know, we're we're working on some of the re-ranking models and stuff. Uh, I think before we officially announce it and, and trying to work out like a finalized so what, name. Is, where is it live? If you uh, are able to, to can't talk. It. Oh, I'm not. Got it. Okay, cool. I like it. I like it. Um, very cool. Um, so you know, I I think um one thing that is interesting uh from an SEO standpoint is especially um you know with your career and everything that you've done uh, all the you know things that you've uh, researched worked on uh written uh, so on and so forth uh SEO today is not the SEO that worked 10 years ago and what works today won't work in um you know 2 years time 3 years time the fundamentals maybe always stay the same but uh, before going into, you know, table stakes for being successful today, what you need to do, uh, all of that stuff, what has changed in your time uh, in the SEO space? Uh, what are the biggest paradigm shifts that you've witnessed? I, I would say the world is better, <laughs> a better place now. Uh, a lot of the spammy tactics within SEO okay. were kind of killed off. Um, which granted, that's that's how I started. You know, if you've heard black hat versus white hat, I absolutely was a black hat <laughs> SEO. Mr. Uh, I think as you know, yeah. as, as a developer, uh, I can automate a lot of things, including ways to get links. Um, so that meant that it was pretty easy to be successful. You know, we we had stuff like article spinning and. Uh, which made terrible articles, and then we spammed a bunch of links to them, and then you would get the worst content in the world ranking. Um, but it it worked. Uh, that doesn't really work these days. Now, uh, I think people are having to do what they should have been doing all along, which is really, uh, you know, spending the effort to write content that that people want. You know, that they're already searching all these things and. SEO kind of boils down to look at what they're searching for, kind of group that and say, like, this is what I can include in an article. This is how I can be helpful and useful. Uh, here are my expert insights to that. And then that becomes kind of a good result for users to Absolutely. see. Absolutely. The, um, the black hat comment, uh, expand upon that. What, what did that look like for you personally? Depending on what was working well at the time, I guess, uh, because again, like Google was kind of fighting, uh, but it could have been any number of things. You know, Web 2.0s were popular for a while. There even became a lot of automated programs uh, to kind of help with this stuff. You had like uh, SE Nuke back in the day, and then like GSA SER. Uh, there were specifically, uh, there was one specific tool that was, blanking on the name uh that was basically just go out and make forum profile links um it all depended on what you wanted to do i actually wrote my own thing that that actually did local citations for a while which uh, iffy on whether that's black or not it was because it was automated but it was better than me going to do it so interesting stuff interesting yeah and as time goes on um that just does not work anymore no yeah. What what are the things that yeah. worked uh, like specific tactics? Um, I, I, I'm personally thinking through my own answers to those questions. Uh, specific tactics, little hacks, things that you recall seeing doing um, that no longer work at all. Like get into specifics here. Um, citations before <laughs> everything from directories. Like there were. You know, not not directories like you're thinking like Yelp, Yellow Pages. Those are more the local, quote unquote, local citations and stuff. Uh, there were basically a thousand different, well, <laughs> tens of thousands of crappy directories that everyone would just spam to death, list your site. Um, 
pretty much everything that's popular kind of got killed off one thing at a time. Directories died. Uh, you had uh, press releases. Everyone overdid <laughs> press releases. And then Google pretty much stopped counting links from press releases. Uh, you had article websites. And then pretty much all the article sites like lost all their stuff. I was an eZine articles expert author back in the day. I think platinum level <laughs> or something. Uh, and it was it was just a bunch of syndicated articles, sometimes spun. Um, in so many ways, thank goodness. I don't know, so many different tactics. Thank God that, that doesn't work anymore, right? Just thank God. Do- yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't right. good for the internet in um, general. So you know, let, let's uh, zoom out here and uh, it, I, let's just say I have a relatively successful B two B software company or a, any sort of. We'll just make it a SaaS business. How about that? Um, I have users that I got through word of mouth, my own blog, um, newsletter, what have you. I already have, you know, it it is a business. Um, People want what I'm selling. They have signed up for it. But I am sitting in a position where I'm looking at standing up SEO as an acquisition channel. Uh, What does that look like in uh, in today's time? Uh, Where do you even start? Where does Patrick Stocks uh, begin to, to sort of assemble the troops? I think in general with SEO, everything starts with keyword research. You know, what are, what are your users searching? What are they trying to find out about you? Uh, what terms are they using? What, what's the like industry vernacular? Um, you know, what, what are your competitors already ranking for? Like what pages of theirs are successful? Looking at all that stuff to say like, there's a real market here. Like people are already doing this. They're already probably successful doing it. And then you can use that to kind of justify and say like, okay, here's a list of my competitors' most successful pages. Uh, let's How start do you there. do keyword research? What, what's like, like your similar. high level process? What, what, what are the tools involved? Uh, obviously kind of can be as ambiguous or unambiguous as you want, but uh, what is the, what does the process look like for you? I, it depends. As it always <laughs> seems to. Typical SEO yeah. joke. Uh, I think a lot of people start by the terms, you know, they enter a few terms and then they start looking at stuff. What I prefer is if you know the competitors and, and who they are, um, I actually prefer to start there, uh, in that if you look at, for instance, their top pages, what I do is in Ahrefs, I, I do look at their top pages. We have a report for it. Uh, export all that for all my competitors, combine that into one big uh, uh, like Excel spreadsheet, create like a pivot table that says like, here are kind of the most successful pages in my niche. And if you look at like the top keywords for those, you can actually look, see kind of a, a co-occurrence of that. So you, you can say like, here's a thing where, you know, six of my competitors already have a page that's driving them you know, $10,000 a month in value or whatever. Uh, that's probably something I want to make. So it's kind of like an ordered list of successful content. Uh, prioritization uh, of content to create. And once you, your keyword research is sort of uh, assembled, what, I mean, you kind of talked through that just a little bit, but what is the prioritization matrix that you kind of hold to? Uh, I think like going by arbitrary, like cost per click, um, kind of metrics tied to paid search to try and like understand the commercial value of a keyword. People try to do that maybe, but um, is the best answer like to have a good understanding of the business? What, what, what would you say? How do you prioritize it? Yeah. If you don't know enough about it, the traffic value, which is calculated from paid, basically it's like if I had to buy this much traffic from organic search, this is sort of what it would cost. Uh, but if, you know, I never like to use specifically uh, that because there's always going to be certain things that we can write that target a certain customer base that's simply more valuable than another customer base. You know, when I was, uh, I'll give an old story here. Back when I was at that that engineering company, um, there was a product that was probably only searched uh, six times a year globally. That's it. But each one of those sales was worth sure. millions of dollars like the contracts for them. That product was expensive. It was rare. Uh, the people that needed it, needed it. And, you know, 
it was simply the ROI for being the best on that page was probably more than every other page on the website combined. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and this is a, maybe a particular question for you, but like in, in situations, um, especially like in a B2B setting where maybe lots of people that might be searching have uh, ad blockers enabled or don't have any sort of uh, Chrome extensions that suck up, um, you know, clickstream type data. Uh, would you say a tool like Ahrefs is directionally accurate or um, are there other frames of mind that you should be approaching, uh, you know, these types of questions with? Directionally accurate I, is probably the right way to put it. Um, any of the tools, they're using their own data sets or using data from Google and uh, with their own kind of filter or lens to that. If you, if you want, use multiple tools, verify, double check that data. I think that becomes pretty common at, at a certain level. If you, if you can only choose one, choose one uh, and go with it. But they're, they're all not, I mean, none of them are going to be 100% accurate. No, no, never. no. It's the nature of data. Even the data Google gives you is, is fairly biased. And so forth. Um, yeah. So you have keywords picked out. You've maybe got uh, content that you want to write. Um, what, what else am I going to do for my SaaS business to, uh, to get things up and running? What, what, what is your process or recommendations uh, look like? Get to writing. Get to writing. Content out the door. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And what you want to include is kind of the things that people told you in the keyword research. So once you've determined like the pages you need to create, then of course, like go back to the individual terms. Uh, I, that's why, again, I don't start with the ter the individual terms, but I do end up there. Uh, look at all the things that they're searching around that. Then they'll, they'll kind of be grouped in a way. You'll, you'll see a lot of like head terms, the, the main type search terms uh, where a lot of the top things people are looking for, like what is definition of. So of course you need, you know, a section on that page that what is this thing? Uh, and then you'll you'll see maybe like this versus this other thing. So you probably want a section around that or or like this particular feature. So or features. So here's a section on features. And and it gets complicated because maybe some of those things deserve to be their own different article or blog also. So you kind of have to make that decision. Do I want like one super long piece of content? Can I break that out? Do I have enough to write to make it interesting if if it is multiple articles sure. instead of one? Uh, and then of course it's it's always I'm a big fan of adding your own um, your own insights, your own expertise into the articles too. I think uh, that's one of the reasons people read my stuff is like, they're generally going to learn something new uh, because I'm going to include stuff that isn't necessarily standard knowledge uh, that you can't find on other blogs, at least at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, you know, to, to add in something that you have personally um, that that insight that only you can provide is uh, is a special thing. I would uh, I would definitely say. Um, I, I think one thing that comes to mind, and I would be curious to hear your thoughts on this uh, link building. Like uh, you know, in twenty twenty one, you know, buying links. Uh, obviously, there are still people selling links. Does buying links work, Patrick? Well, what what is a what is a link building you know program? Early initiatives. What what does that look like? What should that look like? Does it work? Maybe. Uh, does it work well? Probably not these days. Um, you know, probably what you want to do instead is is just kind of be a real business, do do real things, get links in your community if that's your thing. Uh, if if you're a bigger company, do studies. You have you can do tests. You know, we we do tests for Ahrefs. You can use your own data. Uh, if you're an SEO, you can just use search data. Lots of people do this. You've probably seen this a thousand times in different news sites where they've just basically overlaid, uh, here's the most popular blah, blah, blah in each state. And most of that comes from search data. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it all depends on what you need. You're going to, if you're, a plumber, there's going to be sites specifically for plumbers, your, your niche links. If you're in a specific city, like we're in Raleigh, um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, news, uh, probably podcasts. Uh, there's university sites. 
there's local things about restaurants, travel, all sorts of different stuff where you can look for opportunities. Um, you know, I think people are always looking for, for hacks. They're looking for um, things that they can exploit. Um, what, what works uh, is maybe the, the fundamentals are, are what work and being a real business is always gonna work. Are there hacks? Are there things that you see working now that are little aberrations or, or something to seize on uh, in the moment, or is all of that just a, a dream? How do you think? How do you feel about that? There's one thing in particular that, in my opinion, uh, works way too well still, but I'm not going to mention it. Um, but I can't imagine it keeps working as well. As <laughs> I think that's also the the core of the. Publicly sharing, um, you know, hacks that work. Then it's someone else's hack, and it's not yours. And uh, then they're going to exploit it. And uh, you know, it's uh, there's something to that, right? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily exploiting it. Uh, I've just seen that this thing that should not work does work. <laughs> Unfortunately, gotcha. still. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, to, to sell the value of SEO, when you were working in an agency setting, obviously that's, you know, selling about the SEO to a client, whoever that might be, um, for a client's company, uh, inside of IBM, you know, selling SEO was you selling SEO to management and to other people in the organization. Um, how does Ahrefs or how do you think about the value of SEO as an acquisition channel? Um, what does that look like? Uh, what, what are the, the talking points? Um, most purchase behavior involves a Google search or things like that. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of different statistics. I actually wrote an article specifically on enterprise SEO where I included some of those that I always used to use to sell. And some of it is general and some of it would be very specific. Like, uh, you know, this makes up 60% of your acquisition. This is 80% of your conversions go through organic channels, blah, blah, blah. Uh, generally, when you're, when you're selling to uh, an owner of a company or a C-suite, uh, you leave the SEO metrics out there. If you start talking keywords and rankings, their eyes are going to glaze over. The closer you can get to revenue or conversions, that's what they care about. This is what makes me money. This is how much money it makes. If we do this thing, it's going to make us this much money. Uh, that's that's what they want to know. Yeah, I think um, there's something to the fact that like SEO at the core of it, it's almost like talking about, you know, talk about what you do publicly and put it up on your website and just be very, um, you know, very clear and uh, not not catchphrasy about what you do and who you do it for. And you're off to a really good start. Um, those are the kind of, and, and yeah, you look up and it's driving a, a lot of business value almost accidentally uh, or something like that. What are the biggest mistakes? I mean, it's, it's not it's intentionally. It's yeah, intentionally. I guess like you're, Expanding yeah. your funnel, you you get a bigger pipeline, you get more people through your pipeline. Yeah, through I, your a funnel. lot of people can maybe, or not a lot of people, but you do encounter a quote-unquote good SEO that was not performed by um, kind of like a, a house, a beautiful home that was built without an architect, um, you know, well-ranking, uh, beautiful sites that didn't have anyone with the title of SEO ever really touch it. Um, it's always fun to encounter that, at least personally, uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and well, you know, one, one of the things that I actually love that I wish I had done more when I was at IBM, but Ahrefs is kind of the master at this, is everything that we're writing, like we're showcasing the product and use cases for the product, how to do things. So someone not like researching whatever is all not only getting the information they need, but also an actual process or the ability to to do this with the, within the product, which I think is you know, an amazing lead gen strategy. It's the same with our YouTube videos with, with Sam O. Uh, you know, I, I think that's probably the majority of our, uh, our conversions and our revenue simply come because of, you know, the videos, uh, the video content and the blog. I think content. that that is a great mindset. 
and and sometimes like our free tools and that, that's a great mindset to think about what, what are the you know if we're still talking about a software company what are the sort of the problems that your software company solved and then just you know help people solve those problems broadly speaking or at least educate them about that and then you happen to have a product that solves that problem very very well well wouldn't you should maybe just sign up consider a free trial would you uh, and there you go. How, how much better does it get? Um, and that's providing what value to searchers. And it's also, this is now sounding like propaganda uh, or something like that, but uh, no, that's, uh, that's good. Biggest mistakes people make with SEO programs, with investing in SEO. Um, I think we all hear stories, uh, not all of us, but uh, I, I have encountered and, and heard stories talking about, um, you know, GPT-3, open AI, artificial intelligence generated content and people going off and, you know, spinning up 50,000 page sites of, um, you know, fake content. Is fake content a problem? What are the, the issues, the follies, the, the misallocations of uh, strategy and, and effort that you see uh, people making these days when it comes to SEO? Generally, uh, just prioritization is, is, I think, really hard for people. Um, you know, they'll focus on the wrong things. Uh, it might be like we need to build sitemaps or something, and they'll do a project that is like, let's, let's manually build all these sitemaps. No, you should automate that. If it's not automated, don't even worry about it because the sitemaps just are basically a list of pages where... Uh, you want the search engine to crawl, but they crawl through sites anyway. They'll more than likely find all your pages. Uh, so that's one of those things that like you can spend a lot of time doing and and get absolutely zero value. And and there's a lot of things like that. Even at bigger companies, I see a lot of, for instance, A/B testing of title tags. Well, you could you could spend you know 500 hours running all sorts of A/B tests on title tags, or you can go make another 500 pages. Uh, or or improve your current content, and you definitely who should see care about SEO A/B testing? Uh, a, a lot of people like to talk about that. A lot of people think it's interesting. Who really should care about? I mean, there are some experiments maybe you sh you could run. You you could think about running, but um, is there a scale that you should have reached before it becomes something that's even relevant? I think. It is more important for companies that basically have a certain um, like templatized view of things. Uh, uh, in fact, my, my friend Brian Ta, when he was at Airbnb, that's a good example because you've got all these different places and basically templatized title tags. That's a good place to run that kind of testing, in my opinion, uh, because you, you will basically not have individually customized titles like you will on a lot of other sites. If you got a bunch of individually customized titles running those kinds of AB tests, it's frustrating because now you got to have enough traffic to the page. You got to test multiple titles. Does it work? Um, but in, anything that's done at a sufficiently large scale, which is really hard to define, uh, that will give you results in a reasonable amount of time, which is also hard to define, uh, is, is when I would be doing that. But in, in general, you know, 99% of the people that are even bothering doing testing maybe shouldn't yeah. be yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there is something to that. There, the, the prioritization really is the, the hardest thing to get right, is it not? How do you prioritize? What What is oh, yeah. the Patrick Stock prioritization matrix look like? Uh, do you have a model, a framework? What are the men What's the mental model you try to apply um, when considering prioritization? Well, being a technical SEO, that's hard because it depends on what the biggest issues are. You know, if hreflang is screwed up on the website, uh, that could be costing millions of dollars in a day. So, of course, that. Um, but in, in general, for most things, I would say, are the pages indexed? That's your number one concern. Like if they're not indexed, well, they don't even have a chance to rank beyond that content links. 
That's pretty much it. And and links being not only external but internal links. So it's it's basically is my page there? Is the content good? Is it better than the other content? Do I have great insights in there? Am I, you know, selling my product if that's your thing along with the content and being useful to users? And then uh, did I link from other relevant places on my website to that content? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a pretty straightforward formula for SEO that, uh, that I don't know. I don't see it changing no, anytime soon. No, 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 no. I like that. I like that. Um, so Patrick, to, to maybe finish this out here, I'd like to, to go through some uh, perhaps random questions, but we can think of this as the, uh, the quick fire uh, segment. How, how does that sound? So okay. what is uh, an unusual habit or something absurd that you do uh, when it comes to SEO or looking at websites or just uh, being a person on the internet? Uh, what's a weird Patrick Stocks habit um, that you have recognized, number one, as weird, but you still continue to do? <laughs> I, uh, I almost always have dev tools open, <laughs> dev tools. <laughs> on the side so like, <laughs> just going to decide so like oh yeah let's how's their canonical tag or they use it how long does it take you to browse the internet then my goodness oh it's it's the same i mean i got a big screen so like that doesn't take up that much space but you just see some like weird random stuff in there I like sometimes that. Uh, which, i like that it's fun. um when uh you know when you are maybe thinking through all the recommendations that people have given you over the years professionally um, or otherwise, um, basically professionally, I, that's what we're interested about here, let's be honest. Um, what are the recommendations that maybe a lot of people gave to you that you did not take, that you were glad that you did not take? Oh, that's... Hmm. So I'm probably going to be controversial on this one uh, because I did, uh, I did realize that I needed to niche down. So absolutely, I'm like known as a technical SEO, but you've heard me throughout this. I'm the technical SEO that's telling you like get your content right, and that's how I am professionally too. Like ignore the noise, ignore things that aren't going to have an impact. I don't care if you're. Uh, your site audit says you got 3,478 issues. If they're not impacting your bottom line, if it's mostly noise, not really going to have an impact, ignore it and, and just go and prioritize what really is important, which is more than likely going to be working on your content. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like that. Um, what do you, you know, tell someone who is an SEO that I, I think, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind, uh, there's a, a few articles that have been shared recently this is a tangent, number one, we are in the quick fire section, but please excuse uh, my, my tangent. Uh, there, are, there, there are very few VP of SEO roles. Um, I forget to, who to attribute this to, Tom, uh, Tom Critchlow? Yeah, Tom um, Critchlow. You know, what, what do you say to someone that has capped out their role as an SEO? Do they go on to become VP growth? Do they stay in SEO forever? Uh, what, what's your take on that? I think it's a fascinating paradigm. Yeah. Uh... I mean, there are a lot of VP of SEO roles, but but Tom's point was mostly they're like VP of product, VP of growth, and he's right at at that level. Um, there is an alternate path that that I've always enjoyed because uh, I don't think I would be a very good people manager. Uh, again, I want to hide away in the dark. You look like you're in a pretty bright corner right now in video, at least. Okay. I got some I like lights it. in the like front and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, just for this, but yeah, uh, I prefer the path of an individual contributor and granted you you may not ever be the CEO of a company. If you're individual contributor, eventually you're supposed to like manage people, but a lot of companies have this alternate path. They have a specialist, uh, and, and you can actually get up to technically the, the C-suite managerial kind of levels, but as an individual contributor, you, in a, a lot of companies, you'll get your own budget. You can have people, you're not necessarily their direct manager, but they're kind of like helping you doing, uh, projects and stuff. Um, that's, that's sort of the role that I took because I don't think I ever do want to manage people. I enjoy the work. I enjoy what I do. Uh, so I just want to 
keep doing that as long as you know that's what people and i think uh my, my final thoughts on that would be you know seo is a unique um field uh career calling spiritual calling if you will um that can allow you to drive an inordinate amount of business value for what you're individually contributing quote unquote um just because you you even though you are you know, someone who doesn't have 25 people underneath you, um, you still are distributing content that's being read by uh, a lot of people on behalf of Ahrefs and you're educating a lot of people and you have a software product that is in front of uh, a large, large user base. So yeah, very interesting. But it doesn't have to be just SEO. I mean, that that path has been laid engineers, out by exactly. engineers, by researchers, by developers. We're fortunate that it applies to SEO as well, uh, maybe, right? I like that. I like yes. that a lot. Um, what is one of the most worthwhile investments that you have made in yourself, uh, your career, your learning, your knowledge? Um, what is something that, and I, maybe this is time or maybe this is dollars. Uh, what, what is something that you've, you've invested in that has paid dividends? Yeah, time. Uh, reading. Uh, that's my preferred format for for uh obtaining knowledge you know if, if you, whatever you like though podcast videos uh just do it i i am a prolific reader i have read probably every major thing that's come out this year but not just this year um you know w one of the things i did early on when i was when i was uh learning seo was there wasn't a lot of content about seo at the time so I, I went back and read stuff like 10 years prior, even just I read through the entire uh, search engine roundtable blog, basically to get more of the history of I SEO. Like that. I like that a lot. Uh, what book have you given the most as a gift or recommended to other people? Hey, you should read this. Where, Where the, the wild, wild things are. I don't have a good answer for you there. It's probably the only book That's I've awesome. ever given anyone. Um, what purchase of like a hundred bucks or or less has been the most positive impact on your life in the last year? In the last year, a hundred bucks. Um, that is a good question. I got a really nice wrist rest. So if you're sitting at a desk hours. all day, make that you might as well be comfortable, right? I like that. I yeah. like that. You know, I definitely <laughs> more than more than a hundred dollars, but a, a great office well chair is well worth it. When when you do sit I down like a lot of the uh, day. Are you a standing desk user? I'm not. I have a desk that I built uh, myself actually nice. during the pandemic. And actually, that could be another thing. Ergonomics in general are super important if you're sitting at a desk. I have, for instance, a, a little stand that I bought to bring one of my monitors up so it's like more the proper ergonomic height. Um, I don't know, lots of little things like that just to make sure that I'm comfortable uh, I like that. while I'm I here. Like that. Um, do you think about SEO in the shower, Patrick? All right. Always. Uh, it was good talking. I enjoyed this. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> what SEO thoughts do you have in the show? Uh, this is getting very personal. Yeah. In, in the shower. Oh, I was just joking. I mean, honestly, I'm always thinking right. about weird, random things. Uh, I, I sometimes will be sending myself notes like right out of the shower over like some idea that I had, some way we can improve the product or or something I want to include brain is in always an article. That that is legit. I will wake up at night and I type to myself something oh just so I don't forget it. I'm I'm, I'm amused and amazed and uh, everything else in between. Uh, I like that. Um, you know, you are someone, you're writing a lot, you're speaking a lot, you're, you're doing a lot of things. Um, you obviously, you have a comfortable desk. We know this now. Uh, how do you stay focused? How do you, um, how do you produce? What are the, the things that you do to, you know, to sit in front of a computer and, and get words onto a page? What, what does that look like for you? I mean, it's a whole process. We do outlines, feedback to the outlines, and we draft feedbacks on the draft. Um, yeah, it's just mainly just 
get it done, try not to be distracted by Slack or Discord too much, that kind of stuff. Uh, because there, there are distractions. Emails, oh, I'm probably the worst ever person at email. I think my personal email has, uh, I've reached well over 100,000 unread <laughs> emails. Um, <laughs> and, you know, professionally a little bit better, but like I will only check my email once most days, sometimes twice. Um, just because it it can be a distraction, it can be a time sink, and uh, everything is can be a distraction. You know, Slack. I think I'm in a lot of SEO things. Reddit, um, emails. There's project management systems. It's just you know, some days I will just kind of ignore one thing just to focus on something else. Like I need to get this thing written and done. I'm gonna ignore whatever came in wherever gotcha. that day. Gotcha. I think the, the staying focused is uh, uh, equal parts um, being able to, to do the task at hand, but not have the task at hand be interrupted by other things, um, you know, fighting for your attention. Um, you know, I think uh, to sort of maybe close this out here, what, uh, what are the things that you s maybe sit back on a recurring basis and you wonder why people don't ask you this is like a question asking you to pose back question to yourself, uh, trying to get a little meta here. Uh, some, what have you not been asked that you wonder why nobody has ever asked you, uh, you know, the, uh, how did this go? How did that go? What does that look like for you? You don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't that's, have that's a good answer for that. Right, I got it. Um, no worries. Well, Patrick, uh, a pleasure to have you here. And uh, yeah, thank you for uh, for your time. This is great.